There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. You are listening to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is a daily podcast designed to teach and preach Bible doctrine each weekday throughout the year. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh asking you to please let others know about this podcast so that they can subscribe or tune in each weekday. At the end of the podcast, we will provide you with subscription information as well as contact information for our ministry. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed, song of the redeemed. Thank you for tuning in to this Thursday edition of the podcast. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh, and I want to thank each of you for listening. I want to thank you for praying. I want to thank those of you that have reached out to us, not only with the birth of our son, but also in support of the podcast. And what a blessing that is to us. I know there are folks not only listening, but folks that care enough to let us know that they're listening and to give us feedback on things that have been preached on the podcast. That's a blessing to us. We thank the Lord for each and every one of you. Thank the Lord for each of you that don't reach out to us. That's okay, too. We don't need a whole slew of people reaching out to us. It's just a a good strength to us at times when men do reach out. And so we're certainly grateful for that. We've been dealing with Messianic Psalms. We've been dealing with that pretty much since we started the podcast. And we've been looking at the Psalms of Messiah. And primarily when we see these Psalms that we've looked at thus far, we've seen the cross, we've seen the death of Jesus Christ, the burial of Jesus Christ. And at times we've seen the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Psalm 22, we've been dealing with the last two days, and we've seen that in Psalm 22. We have seen the death of Jesus Christ. We've seen the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Might I say now what we're going to see is we're going to see the future. We're going to see the coming King, Jesus Christ, uh, all in one psalm. And it's interesting how the Word of God tells us these things and portrays these things to us. Uh, But again, it's still a psalm of Messiah. It's that one that is to come. It's when Jesus Christ comes to this earth, puts his feet upon the Mount of Olives, it cleaves asunder, and he comes in that eastern gate, and when that eastern gate opens, he'll ascend the throne of David, his father, and he'll sit on the throne, where he'll reign and rule for 1,000 years. And I realize there are those out there that will contend with that, those that would say, I'm an apostate for believing that, but I just happen to believe God's timeline, I happen to believe the word of God concerning that. Yes, I am premillennial. Yes, I am a premillennial Bible-believing Baptist. I believe in the premillennial return of Jesus Christ in the air. I believe there's going to be seven years of great tribulation upon this earth, seven years of tribulation, that Antichrist will come on the scene, and then Jesus Christ himself will come, and Jesus Christ himself will come and put his feet again on this earth, and he will rule, and he will reign for 1,000 years. We see that in Psalm 22 as the Word of God begins to tell us. Let me start in verse 22. He says, I will declare thy name unto my brethren in the midst of the congregation will I praise thee. And then he says, ye that fear the Lord, praise him. All ye the seed of Jacob, glorify him and fear him, all ye the seed of Israel. For he hath not despised nor abhorred the affliction of the afflicted, neither hath he hid his face from him. But when he cried unto him, he heard. And then he said this, my praise shall be of thee in the great congregation. I will pay my vows before them that fear him. The meek shall eat and be satisfied. And so again, we're not seeing Calvary. We're not seeing uh, the time of the resurrection. We're looking to a time which is yet to come. 
And that's when his own do receive him. He came to his own once and they would not receive him. But then he comes to his own and they do receive him. And for he says they shall eat and be satisfied. That's the meek. The meek shall inherit the earth. He told us that. They shall praise the Lord that seek him. Your heart shall live forever. All the ends of the world shall remember and turn unto the Lord. Now, that's not this day in which we live in. Uh, I'm not looking for that day. I'm looking for Jesus Christ to return in the air. However, after he returns in the air and I leave with him, that's when the dead in Christ rise first. We which are alive and remain. That will be me today. If the Lord returned today in the air, I would be alive. I would remain. I'd be caught up with him and I'd beat the Lord in the air. And uh, so shall I ever be with the Lord. That's the promise of God. And so again, now we see this is a time which is to come. He said, for the kingdom is the Lord's, and he is the governor among the nations. All they that be fat upon earth shall eat and worship. All they that go down to the dust shall bow before him, and none can keep alive his own soul. And then he tells us this, a seed shall serve him. It shall be accounted to the Lord for a generation. They shall come and shall declare his righteousness unto a people that shall be born, that he hath done this. Now, again, we'll see several Psalms here in the next few weeks that deal with this matter of Jesus Christ and his return to this earth when he establishes that kingdom and he sets up that kingdom and the whole world turns to him. They will say he is king of kings. He is Lord of lords. Every knee shall bow, things of heaven, things of earth, and things under the earth, that Jesus Christ is Lord, the glory of God the Father. That is an event which is yet to take place. That is an event which is yet to come. And so I want to look at that in a couple of places in the book of Isaiah. And that'll be our message for today. We're going to cross-reference some places in Isaiah. And I'm not grasping at straws with this. I'm just throwing some things out there. They are doctrinal truths. But it gives a little bit of support to Psalm 22. For he said this in Isaiah 52, Awake, awake, put on thy strength, O Zion. Put on thy beautiful garments, O Jerusalem, the holy city. For henceforth there shall no more come into thee the uncircumcised and the unclean. So he's telling us henceforth there's a time coming when the uncircumcised will not come to Jerusalem. The unclean will not come to Jerusalem. It will be the holy city. Why? Because the king of kings, Jesus Christ, God himself shall reign in Jerusalem, that holy city. That's what will make it a holy city. He says, shake thyself from the dust. Arise and sit down, O Jerusalem. Loose thyself from the bands of thy neck, O captive daughter of Zion. For thus saith the Lord, Ye have sold yourselves for naught, and ye shall be redeemed without money. So though they sold themselves, and some would say this is Judas. I think it's a little bit deeper than Judas, but it definitely certainly is. Uh, also includes the sale to Judas Iscariot for 30 pieces of silver, the betrayal of Christ. He said, ye shall be redeemed without money. When is he going to do that to Jerusalem? He's going to do that when he returns and put his feet on this earth. For thus saith the Lord God, my people went down aforetime into Egypt to sojourn there, and the Assyrian oppressed them without cause. By the way, that's why they cried. That's why in Egypt land, their cry came before the Lord, because the Assyrian was oppressing them in the land. And they were oppressed in Egypt land. And they were under great rigor, and they cried unto the Lord, and he heard them and delivered them. And he says, Now therefore, what have I here, saith the Lord, that my people is taken away for naught? They that rule over them make them the house, saith the Lord, and my name continually every day is blasphemed. And so because of these things, 
He says, therefore, my people shall know my name. Therefore, they shall know in that day. What is that day he's speaking of? He's speaking of that day when they go to the holy city, that day when they go and they see Jesus Christ. He said, in that day that I am he that doth speak, behold, it is I. And then he goes on and gives prophecy concerning Jesus Christ. And the initial prophecy here is one that's quoted again in the New Testament. In Romans chapter 10, the apostle Paul uses it when he says, How beautiful among the mountains are the feet of him that bringeth good tidings, that publisheth peace, that bringeth good tidings of good, that publisheth salvation, that saith unto Zion, Thy God reigneth. Amen. So we see Jesus Christ. We see the prophecy concerning Jesus Christ. Again, in Isaiah, Isaiah 55 in verse 1, he says, Ho, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters, and he that hath no money, come ye, buy and eat, yea, come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Wherefore do ye spend money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which satisfieth not? Hearken diligently unto me, and eat ye that which is good, and let your soul delight itself in fatness. Incline your ear and come unto me, hear, and your soul shall live, and I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. And that's what Peter preached. That's what Peter preached the day of Pentecost, the sure mercies of David. He said, Behold, I have given him for a witness to the people, a leader and a commander to the people. Behold, thou shalt call a nation that thou knowest not, and nations that knew not thee shall run unto thee because of the Lord thy God and for the Holy One of Israel, for he hath glorified thee. And then he says, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. And so again, we see that which is to come. We see the promise of God of that which is to be. Uh, Isaiah 57 and verse 13, When thou criest, let thy companions deliver thee. But the wind shall carry them all away. Vanity shall take them. But he that putteth his trust in me shall possess the land and shall inherit my holy mountain. And shall say, Cast ye up, cast ye up, prepare the way, take up the stumbling block out of the way of my people. For thus saith the high and lofty one that inhabiteth eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and holy place. So again, we're talking about a time which is to come. We're talking about a prophecy which is to come. So I marvel again in Psalm 22. The Lord clearly separates this psalm into the two divisions. We see Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary. Then we see the death of Jesus Christ. We see the suffering in death of Christ. We see the resurrection of Christ. But then we immediately look to the future when Jesus Christ is King of Kings, Lord of Lords upon this earth. And again, we see that, and we'll look at Psalm 24, Lord willing, tomorrow, and we'll see a prophecy concerning that which is to come, that which has not yet been fulfilled. When thou criest, let thy companion deliver thee. What an interesting statement. What a wonderful statement. But the wind shall carry them all away. Why? Because there's one that we'll put our trust in. It's Jesus Christ. In verse 15 of Isaiah 57, For thus said the high and lofty one that inhabiteth eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and holy place with him also that is of a contrite and humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. For I will not contend forever, neither will I always be always wroth, 
for the spirit should fail before me and the souls which I have made. For the iniquity of his covetousness was I wroth and smote him. I hid me and was wroth, and he went on frowardly in the way of his heart. I have seen his ways and will heal him. I will lead him also, restore comforts unto him and to his mourners. I create the fruit of the lips. Peace, peace to him that is far off and to him that is near, saith the Lord, and I will heal him. And so he's speaking of a time when he will rule and he will reign and he will give peace to those that are far off. He will heal those that are far off. But then he says, but the wicked are like the troubled sea when it cannot rest, whose waters cast up mire and dirt. There is no peace, saith my God, to the wicked. And so again, we see prophecy concerning that reign of Jesus Christ. We see prophecy concerning the work of Jesus Christ. We see that day in which Jesus Christ said, Zion's sake will I not hold my peace, and for Jerusalem's sake I will not rest. And the righteousness go forth as brightness, and the salvation thereof as a lamp that burneth. Why is that? And so Isaiah 62 and verse 2, he said, And the Gentiles shall see thy righteousness, and all kings thy glory, and thou shalt be called by a new name which the Lord shall name. Thou also shalt be a crown of glory in the hand of the Lord, and a royal diadem in the hand of thy God. Thou shalt no more be termed forsaken. Thank God for that. Neither shall thy land any more be termed desolate. But thou shalt be called Hephzibah, and thy land Beulah. For the Lord delighteth in thee, and thy land shall be married. And so again, we see the promise of God in the future. We see that which is to come. And so many would not believe the Christ that we see in Psalm 22, as far as Calvary and as far as the cross and the redemptive power of the cross. But I remind us once again that Jesus Christ died one way. He died according to the scriptures. And he was buried one way. He was buried according to the scriptures. And then he resurrected. He rose from the grave. And can I say to you again, he rose from the grave. He resurrected from the grave according to the scriptures. All others are false Christ. Every other one is a false Christ. And so we know the promise of God. We know the promises of God in Jesus Christ, and we know them according to the Scripture. So when we see Scriptures that we can't put in the present tense, we can't put in the past tense, and we realize these things are still to come, then we know that this is going to be a time which is to come. And one of the greatest times which is to come is going to be that reign of Jesus Christ. The prophets foresaw it. The prophets foretold it. They saw a day when Jesus Christ would establish the throne of David. He would reign and he would rule with an iron fist from Jerusalem. Not only would he rule with an iron fist, but then he would rend the heavens and come down, and that the mount mountains might flow at thy presence, while the presence of God on earth, Jesus Christ himself. And what a glorious promise that is. Tomorrow, with the Lord's help, I'd like to look at Psalm 24, maybe even Psalm 25 and 26. But I want to look at it again, not in the light of Calvary, not in the light of the crucifixion, but a messianic psalm that deals with Jesus Christ coming to this earth and establishing his kingdom. Thank you for tuning in. There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning, and he longs to return to the Lord. As he cries for forgiveness and mercy, God is waiting. You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website, 
and someevangelists.com and use the contact form to connect with us. You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address, which is Manassa Community Baptist Church, 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania, 17006. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption calleth not. Now the angels of God are rejoicing, for the prodigal child has come home, and the saints all with gladness are singing the glory.